Welcome to Kessel Fun, the official podcast of the Star Wars Speculation subreddit. I'm your host, Fuel the Fire. I'm here with the other hosts this week, Joanna and Todd. Hi. Hello. We are with a uh, you know short crew here, but uh, hopefully bringing you uh, you know just as good of a podcast here. We've got some good news coming up. Of course, we have Han Solo releasing this week, and some comic books as well. So I was hoping, Todd, if you wanted to bring us up to speed on what released this week. So last week we had the Last Jedi adaptation number two, Star Wars number forty-eight, the Star Wars Annual number four, and Doctor Aphra number twenty. Coming up this week we have the Solo Tie-in Lando Double or Nothing miniseries issue number one. So anything from these comics that you guys found interesting or want to go over quickly? I don't know if you guys caught the Star Wars forty-eight or the Annual. Um... We were flipping through them here, um, and man, there's some there's some gold in here for sure. I think we had uh, in the issue 48 of the Star Wars series that actually started in 2015. It's starting to get a little weird. <laughs> um, you get some really 80s out panels in this one. 3PO in a mohawk. Anybody? I'm not sure. Uh, you know what what there was. <laughs> Story-wise there, but you get to see some uh, pretty interesting panels with the Mon Calamari, though. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not certain what their restrictions are on their art styles, but some of these faces, man. If you have a chance, check it out. On the uh, Annual 4, there were a couple of really cool panels in there. Um, if you check that one out, we had some cross-guard lightsabers. Luke and Vader each get a hold of one, and you kind of see what, you know, they, what they have to do sort of dealing with them but uh, in the course of this we get uh, some really interesting callbacks luke in a pod racer um <laughs> with the announcers saying that uh, they've never seen a human driving a pod racer and they've never you know there's never been any human that's won a big circuit in pod racing and vader's sitting there listening to this stuff and it's really funny he actually brings luke down and um they both end up destroying the sabers, but it's really interesting just to go through the comic. Um, it looks like the cross guard lightsabers that they come across, you know, being red, of course, uh, dark or dark side, I guess they're, you know, they're not blue or green or anything. They're red sabers, um, but they're like imbued with some dark side energy or something like that. Luke ends up destroying his, um, Vader destroys his as well, but Luke is sort of like, he doesn't want to let it you know, take power over them. Anyways, um, the comics are really, really, you know, there's something else. I hadn't clicked through them till here recently, and uh, I'm sad I didn't just because they're so interesting. So if you have a chance, definitely check them out. Other news, uh, we also had the Solo movie come out. Amazing, May 25th. Um, I've already gotten a chance to see it twice here, and uh, I mean, I don't want to fanboy out, and maybe, you know, we're seeing stuff through our Star Wars goggles now, but... Man, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it was lighter. It had room to breathe away from the saga. You know, we had we had solo release. Amazing stuff. Hopefully you caught it. We had some other news here with uh, Boba Fett movie uh, announced, at least by the Hollywood reported as such. Uh, not officially confirmed through Lucasfilm yet, um, but looks like we may have a Boba Fett movie in the works with uh, James Mangold to direct. The director of Logan, if you're not familiar. So, write it per se, but I think if you watched, if you got a chance to see Logan, 
uh, it was pretty sad there at the end, touching. So, I mean, if they were able to make Wolverine, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, yeah. a, a relatable character, then, you know, maybe we'll see something for Boba Fett. I don't know. I don't know what that what that means. Maybe he brings some of the action to it or something. But we also had uh, a potential Obi-Wan movie, to, again, by The Hollywood Reporter, so not confirmed officially yet, but announced um, with Stephen Daldry to direct. And uh, looks like he does more... Uh, artsy? Yeah, <laughs> like artsy style. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, drama pieces. Yeah. So it should be interesting to see what he ends up doing with Obi-Wan. But, you know, plus uh, we also had a couple other movies mentioned, possibly. Uh, they mentioned a slew of other movies on the slate, including a Lando movie possibly i know i saw donald glover talking about you know what he would like to make Mm -hmm. and i know he's got a couple shows out there that are pretty successful so you know there's definitely stuff in the works more to come um but uh, i know it feels like i don't know how you guys are feeling now but um maybe we're getting to one of those points where it feels like oh man we got so much and next movie's uh, a year and a half away and we're not going to get a lot of stuff but there's, you know, a, lo- a lot of news going to be coming up soon, I feel like. We have the Resistance show. Oh, when is the Resistance show coming again? Remind me. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's supposed to be in the fall sometime around September, yeah. Todd? Is, does that sound about right? Yay. Uh, for the Resistance show? Resistance should be sometime this fall, September, November. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, Man, I can't wait for that. That's going to be amazing. Oh. Definitely. But yeah, no, so there should be uh, plenty of stuff coming up here. And um, But yeah, just a, a really exciting time here with this movie releasing uh, Solo in particular. But it looks like they they dumped some other news here as well. Um, so hopefully we get some good stuff coming up. Um, they also released a Star Wars show, um, a new episode of the Star Wars show. So if you're interested at all, of course, you can find that on the Star Wars website and uh, interviews with the cast and crew or most of the cast and director right uh ron howard and the main players uh do an interview there so interesting stuff if you're at all interested but uh moving on to the main speculation section here because again guys keeping it tight we're on a uh running a tight crew and uh we're gonna keep it casual this week uh in the spirit of the han solo movie so um with that said uh, i wanted to (laughs) first things first uh jump into how you guys are feeling about the movie um, how did you guys feel? Good? Bad? Um, I'm still like on a high from it. <laughs> I loved it so much. It was just a big feast for me. I don't know. What about you, Todd? I really liked the movie. There were parts I wanted more of, uh, things I wanted to see. Uh, but overall, it was really fun and I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I, th- I think it was nice to finally have something that didn't have all the weight of the main trilogy. Um, yeah, it, just, you know. it felt different. It felt, like Todd said, fun. The music was amazing. Uh, the music in this movie, I feel, was stronger. Money. The Last Jedi. Oh, so. really? Yeah. There were a couple of things, uh, scenes where it just it really stood out. I was mm-hmm. even just that that angry angels theme that we got during the uh, Emphasis Nest reveal. <laughs> angry angels. Like, I love that. <laughs> that. like that thing man it just stuck like it's just really powerful tunes you know so i'm hoping we'll see you know that 
those characters again. They're they're little sequences, man. That just in the music that are amazing in the in the film. But uh, but that said, uh, what were your guys' uh, favorite scenes? Was there anything that really stood out to you guys that you really liked? Well, I mean, for me, I just I loved that all of Emphis Nest. I just loved it. Like you said, it was the music, but um, I'm <laughs> sorry. Scenes I really like were the uh, the character interactions in the movie with uh, Han and Chewie and Han and Lando and just stuff like that and moments. Definitely a highlight yeah. for me. Yeah, I think uh, I think they really nailed some of the relationships that mm-hmm. we're you know supposed to the first thing i did when i finished the movie was ran home and threw on empire strikes back to rewatch uh the scene where we first see lando and han you know i mean i don't know if it's perfect that way but it really felt like it could have picked up like right afterwards you know just the way they they captured their relationship well um, i i mean my favorite part was the you know the droid the droids you know they were just super cute and i loved l3 how they introduced her and how she was like this i don't know equal rights activist great i mean yeah and of course it, the it was, falcon thing but yeah i mean it just it introduced some concepts we haven't had in a while right in the star wars universe just like the droid sort of helpless yeah. characters in this galactic struggle and and they're having to deal with their own sentience and stuff like that while people are fighting around them and they're just kind of pawns and all of it mm-hmm. i mean is is definitely awesome um interesting concepts that we hadn't really uh, gotten in any of the really any of the films yet so i know but important right because it's like slavery yeah. and you know liberation and then also the of course the droids who are treated like you know garbage yeah the rebellion and we, we could get deep into it but i'm you know just even the idea of like you know everybody else sees them as droids but lando is allowing his robot in a sense to yeah. sort of develop its own uh, autonomy mm-hmm. you know and yeah i know for that. sure so it's um there's a lot in there and it you know it's awesome because they don't really dig into it they just it, they leave it there for you know for you to dig into obviously obviously it's it's a little you have your overtones like oh what do you want (laughs) Uh, you know equal rights obviously it's kind of slaps you in the face there but on the same note the you know the the idea at least even touched in sort of a cartoon or or kids universe you know what i mean like cartoonish ways is awesome it was easy to understand Uh, i think which was great yeah i mean yeah I think kids can wrap their head around yeah, that. For sure. That's part of the audience as well. So, um, you know, and then great stuff. And the dynamic between Lando, to get back to what you were saying, um, there, he's just such a cool cat. I mean, I love that guy. Lando, his character, yeah. and very, you know, human. And, and Han, too. So it was nice. Yeah, I, I mean. Regular guys. La- <laughs> yeah, Lando, Lando gives us a chance to see some guys that, you know, or somebody that's not really at all enmeshed in the whole light side dark side he's really very much out for himself you know living the the smuggler's life sort of getting by but at the same time having fun evidently he's enjoying what he does so um it's really cool man uh the wookies the the uh, there was a lot of cool stuff with uh, han i mean we got to see han and meet you there's a lot that happened in this movie 
Um, I know it may have felt a little jam-packed. Like you said, Todd, uh, it would have been nice to have seen more of some of this stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know if Todd's maybe two films. <laughs> we can go on and on, you know, Fuel and I, but God. I don't, I don't know if two films is, uh, you know, might have been a, the right direction or to go or a couple, but um, I would have I would have liked to have seen more of Han in the Academy, perhaps, like when he got kicked out of flight mm-hmm. school. Oh. Um, Just more of the trenches or what do you mean? Well, no, like, because he's, you know, they... they go into how he's a good pilot and the mm. we we do see him you know flying a speeder around Karelia but we don't get to see him piloting any ships prior to starting to pilot the Falcon really besides you know the train escape yeah the one that Beckett so, was wanting to yeah so we were very much trusting him for his word <laughs> up in, you know we know who Han is but it was over understood I mean yeah Maybe because we saw him so much flying the Falcon in, like, six films, you know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I think you're right. A lot of, a lot of great little scenes. Um, even, again, going back to the, to the Wookiees there. I, I could go on about this film, but... Me too. <laughs> um, but even the, uh, the scene with Han uh, meeting Chewbacca the first time, I thought it was a great little moment um, with Han. He did so well. <laughs> he, he totally nailed the Wookiee sound. It was awesome. That took me by surprise. Yeah, I, I think I choked on my popcorn or something at them. <laughs> and I, Han and Chewie meet in this film, and a lot of little origin pieces, how Han gets his name and stuff. But um, I think they were all they were all even if sort of shoehorned in were handled well. Um, I suppose we have. Um ron howard to thank for that you think or i would say probably for like the yeah the old school sensibilities maybe i mean we don't know you know in detail but there were a couple things that felt signed you know that felt sort of like um paint by numbers western-ish you know Mm -hmm. like the, the old trope of the the guy who double crosses uh the whole gang sort of at the end of the heist or whatever yeah. you know what i mean that kind of stuff so oh, you knew was it was awesome, coming you know people but, are predictable yeah uh, yeah you knew it. it was coming it felt classic in that you knew what was coming and you watched it play out but they didn't mess it up you mm-hmm. know what i mean i don't know if that's maybe taking it too easy on them but i think it was uh they handled it very well um it was but, easy on the eyes easy to watch easy to listen to you know Sometimes we need a Star Wars film like that, I think. <laughs> right. They let us nerd out a lot in this one, too. Um, there were some really deep-cut references in this film. Uh, Terrace Kasi, um, the you know, Ara Singh, references to Bosk. Um, but the, <laughs> I love the Terrace Kasi one. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers the old video game at all. Um, there's this old game called Masters of Terrascasi that was on the PS1, uh, if I recall. PS2, maybe. You could play as all the characters, and it's like martial arts in Star Wars. God. Uh, just nerding out, I guess. <laughs> Terrascasi, okay. That references there, and then, I mean, I don't know how your casual how much your casual fan you know keeps up with the cartoons but we got a, a really big cameo at the end of the film uh when maul showed up as uh basically the boss of the bad guy 
of the film. So Todd, I know, I know not everybody, you know, maybe caught up to where we're at with Maul, but I don't know if you want to go over kind of where he got to where he is. After his apparent death in the Phantom Menace, Darth Maul was revealed to be alive in season four of Star Wars, the Clone Wars in 2012. He became a villain for the series in seasons four and five, and if you haven't, I'd highly recommend watching those, as they're one of the best episodes of the show. After his appearance in Clone Wars, we have a comic book with and Rebels, so if you want to catch up on him and know everything about that, it's where you can go. Yeah, I think it's uh, interesting to see, um, you know, for them to drop this character sort of in this place in the story. Um, I don't know. I, I saw a couple people on Reddit speculating right on the sub, um, but saying, you know, maybe this is part of a connected uh, universe that they're starting to build now that Disney's sort of got a hold of the the IP. Um you know, maybe we start seeing Maul and Crimson Dawn showing up in some of the other standalone films. Um, but uh, I think it's pretty cool, uh, pretty interesting. We got Ray Park back, which is awesome, and we got Sam. What was what, what Sam Witwer? Is that so? Well, no. I just think that the important thing was just to make sure that you know people knew that he didn't officially die, right? Um... Yeah, he did not die, folks. No, seriously, He's because still I think alive. people... No, some people think that he died because he was split in half. Yeah. You know, I did. Yeah. So, right. There, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... So the thing is, like, he didn't die, so it's not a matter of, like, you know, dying and then being brought back to life. I think that's, right. that's key. Right. Uh, he's not a zombie. Right. He's not a zombie. He's still still alive. Um, He's not like some possessed corpse or something. Or maybe, but I don't think so. I think it's dark. And, and, you know, people people tend to complain about it, but I kind of look at it like this. Like, if you're looking for a parallel, take a look at Anakin. He got two legs chopped off, an arm, and he was set on fire. And he's in pretty bad shape. Basically. But he sure. was able to live, I imagine, for similar reasons, you know, anger and such. So Maul was cut in half, fell down a shaft, and was so angry he stayed alive. So you're saying he was kept alive by his rage? Yes. <laughs> he is a That's rage beast. Hmm. Um, but uh, by the end of his arc, I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to spoil it for you if you want to get into where, you know, where he ends up at the end of his arc. Um, but he's not... Uh, in the same place, um, you know, by the by the time he rejoins the force, as it were. So, definitely go and check that out if you're want to get caught up to speed. Um, but with that, uh, you know, just general reactions. I think the movie itself is kind of leading us. Uh, I, it was. I, I feel like okay, cool. Now we we can bring on some more standalones. It, it was in a perilous place, I think, for movies, having gone through multiple directors and, um, you know, what enough of what we heard behind the scenes, I think it did what it needed to do. And, um, yeah, I agree. I'd like, yeah, I'd like to see these characters in some other films. Yeah. I mean, I, what I loved about the movie was, um, that they kind of like highlighted more, a lot of, not more, but a lot of the Millennium Falcon, it's like my all-time favorite thing to talk about in Star Wars, <laughs> you know? Yeah. All the time. It's uh, obviously, you know, it's not just a ship. It's, you know, the 
quintessential mothership, you know, of, of all films. And I've always found her to be so mysterious and full of secrets. So I was really psyched about, you know, Solo going into the, how Han came, in, came with her, was introduced to her, and, um, and why, you know? So anyway, to preface what I'm, what I'm about to say is like in one of the latest episodes of the Star Wars show, we had uh, Mr. Hidalgo take us on a mini tour behind the scenes of one of the sets for the Falcon, and that was really, really cool. I thought um, just two things about that. Um, when he's describing the Falcon, he, he says the word sanctuary, which I think is pretty, pretty... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like a it's like a clue. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you think about it, a lot of these, a lot of the movies take place on the ship, like st- like nice. straight up. Like a lot of the movies, are, they're on the Millennium Falcon know, for right? the it's, scenes. Yeah, it's like the meeting yeah. place, you know. And yeah. It's 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 pretty neat. But um, another thing he says is he starts talking about, and this is something I didn't even know, or I didn't even think about. But there's this like hidden closet inside the ship. And it curiously, you know, doesn't appear on any of her blueprints. So it's like a secret place, you know. Uh, so I'm calling it the Phantom Closet from now on. <laughs> but um, it's it's secret <laughs> even in Star Wars. It's Crazy. Ne- no, no. It doesn't even make the blueprints. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if he. This was like on purpose that he said it, or it was an accident. But I'm assuming it's on purpose. Mr. Hidalgo doesn't just give away clues for no reason, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, the funny thing is, is uh, pretty monumental things have happened inside this this place. You know, it's where Han and Leia, you know, had their first kiss in front of us. You know, and um, in TFA or The Force Awakens, Han pulls out that blaster for Finn. Oh, that's in that that little room. <laughs> yeah, it's from this little closet that just sort of comes up with stuff. I don't know. I just it might be nothing. It's the go-go gadget closet. Exactly. No, that's good. Yeah. And I just think it's super. It's super cool how the Falcon always seems to provide our heroes with what they need for their quest. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean it's it's got a rebellious spirit. If you guys saw yes. uh, Han Solo again, not without any, you know, not to spoil, right? But we got uh, we got L three becoming mm-hmm. part of the ship, and. Um, right you know, call back to Empire Strikes Back. I'm, I'm sure it's got to be a direct reference, right? But C-3PO mentions, uh, you know, your ship speaks in a peculiar dialect. Um, and Todd, I think you had found some really neat detail about the Falcon's systems. In an excerpt from the Last Jedi novel, actually, we have R2-D2 oh. talking about the Falcon. And he remarks that the Falcon has always had uh, three brains inside of it, um, <gasps> quarreling and forced to work together. That's right! Yeah. None of them could stand yeah. C-3PO, and uh, one of the brains had a fondness for both romantic gossip and dirty jokes. Oh, <laughs> awesome! Yes. yes! Yeah, it's so cool. I love that. Um, yeah. So you have three AI brains mm-hmm. on the Falcon sort of fighting against each other, or just telling each other dirty jokes <laughs> like it's, it's really it's cool awesome, you know it's like individual personalities which is really yeah. cool you know and and of course none of them get along with the 3po as everyone is wont to do who gets along with 3po uh, 
Like, does Pat, who does? Padme, no? She, she, well, she... Yeah, he was with her all the time. She seemed to tolerate him. She tolerated him. <laughs> <laughs> who gets happy when C-3PO walks in the room? I, I, R2, I like... R2 does. <laughs> no, I know he does. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love them. In that detail, too, they mentioned that the uh, AI do seem to get along with R2, which is kind of funny because R2 famously has a, a foul mouth himself. So, Aww. But yeah, that kind of goes back <laughs> to the whole droid thing. It was just from, from Han Solo, it was nice or interesting, I guess, just to think that, you know, this droid is there with this rebellious spirit and... Uh, and then that spirit is sort of put into the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And, you know, this is, this is like obviously... a new thing, isn't it? I mean, I, I mean, we knew that the, the Falcon was sort of a character, you know, in Star Wars, really, like the, her own yeah. character. But this is kind of like hammering it in, no? I mean, just... Right, right. You know, well, I mean, yeah, L3 is definitely yeah. part of it now. And the ship is, yeah, and L3, L3 or... I mean, what was L3 about, really, you know? Li- yeah. liberating the slaves or I don't know I mean that's kind of really important I think I think this was this was a very important uh, theme about the movie I'm very grateful that they put it in there you know yeah I, no I mean what, I think that's what, what it's all leading to actually you know with- and you know and even just getting to nerd out on it a little bit um, you know the Millennium Falcon was always known for being the fastest ship in the galaxy right mm-hmm. but it wasn't because it was the fastest ship. That wasn't necessarily the idea. It was because it had the best nav computer. And Lando said that as much. Um, you know, when you're going for speed, jumping from Galaxy, uh, then you're going to, you know, if you can do it in the shortest path, that's going to be the quickest um, when you're going top speed. So the Falcon is the fastest because of its computers. So just letting you nerd out a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's it's, it's in there, you know. Uh, we get some, some little details like that. And, oh, man, I mean, that just draws me back to that sequence. I don't, again, the Han Solo movie was amazing, folks. It sounds silly, but definitely go see it. Um, the Kessel Run <laughs> the Kessel Run was incredible. Yeah. Um, Unbelievable, because it. I think everyone wanted to know what it looked like, you know? Mm. Or did you guys already know what it looked like? I didn't. No, that, <laughs> no, that... that didn't look like what I imagined in my... In my it didn't look head. like what I imagined it either. Yeah. I was picturing, uh, you know, the inside of an of a, an asteroid, I It was guess, a lot scarier or... than I than I thought it would be. Yeah, like, and it was a storm. It was a stormy place. Like, pitch, pitch black space with storms? Like, what? <laughs> it was just very... Yeah. I, yeah, it was it was creative. it was wild, very yeah. wild. Um, With the giant carbonite bodies that are like the size of planets crashing into each other, and the Falcon's got to shoot out yeah, through the little like, hole. It and... was what you picture just pure chaos to be, you know, yeah. like the, the unknown, but like in a really scary. Yeah, thing. very neat. The the unknown space kind of stuff, yeah. really cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I want uh, fuel. I wanted to ask you about that that move that they did with the escape pod uh-huh. i guess we can cut this out i don't know like do you think that's relevant or what do you mean well because you know in tlj ray sort of goes in an escape pod to see kylo run uh oh. you know remember hmm. when it, they used it as like a a means for escape or as a 
last ditch resort sort of weapon, but like, what, 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 what was that about? Like, did it mean something or? I don't know. I, I think I didn't, I don't know necessarily there was, I mean, again, maybe if we go back to maybe little gripes for the film, um, it, on the same token of where the relationships and stuff were where they, you know, needed to be for the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I felt like the ship, it was kind of like, all right, we're going to beat it up for you just so it looks like it's in a new hope condition, you know, by the end of the film. So I, you know, I hope there was some, you know, some purpose behind it, but it kind of also felt like they were just stripping it down just to get it to Han, Han status by the end of the movie. But what does that mean exactly? You know? Because they just went through the the Kessel Run, which I guess was like the mall or something. So, mm-hmm. so basically, they went to hell and back. You know, no, hmm. I don't know. I mean, when you when you go through something like that, you're transformed. You know, you're you have scars, you're damaged, but you're still you can still be the fastest ship in the galaxy if you have a good, you know, pilot. Plus, everyone always judges her by by the you know, like. Don't ever judge a book by its cover. You know, she looks unremarkable. You know, from the outside, old and worn out. <laughs> right, right. But um, I don't know. Maybe that's the message, or maybe you're right. Maybe they just wanted to get it like rough, <laughs> like scruffy looking. <laughs> you know, like Solo. Up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so um, yeah. No, the ship itself, I think, is a. It's, I I love that basically it's you know we got to see some of the origins for it. In any case, you know, even gripes aside getting to see some more about the ship's history and Anything, uh, yeah. even Han Solo mentions his dad used to fly one of those what um, oh my god yeah. I missed there's there's not. the uh, yeah when he comes in and he meets Lando he goes Karelian um, oh. Lando's like you know your stuff and he says yeah. yeah my dad used to pilot one of these I'm in... uh, build them right oh build them yeah, yeah right sorry Karelia, the... he wanted to be a pilot and he couldn't go or something oh, like very that. Very nice, right? guys. No, I, I missed that completely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very nice. Um, so, I mean, it's... it's, uh, You know, and that kind of going back, I mean, again, we'll, we'll dig into... I guess I forgot to mention earlier, we'll be, we'll be doing a uh, separate video um, with more solo reactions with some of the other hosts where we really dig into the movie. Um, but... Um, you know, the ship also offered some parallels, uh, I think, to The Force Awakens in, you know, offering the characters sort of this vehicle to, you mean, even Luke, it, it, it's sort of the call, the vehicle that's the call to action for all these characters, you oh, know what I, I mean? Like yeah, it, it, it offers them is. their, yeah, um, or whatever comes through this vessel. Yeah, because when you think about it, you know, Luke went in to the Falcon and then that's what finally made him decide to what train Ray in the Last Jedi, because he got that message from R two. The fact that the characters sort of, whenever they are called to do whatever, the ship is is offering them these experiences, right? Um, they're sort of coming. If if there were, if Star Wars were an RPG then the Millennium Falcon would be showing up with the quest line. Let me put it that way. Do you think that the Millennium Falcon communicates with R2? It does, doesn't it? I mean, we already established that, right? Um, yeah, they, they definitely communicate. Really cool little details and 
probably go into it forever, but the Millennium Falcon has uh, is becoming its or has become its own sort of character and and you know is a huge piece of the story. I feel like so I could see Kylo Ren having a moment on it in Episode Nine for sure. Um, after calling for it to be blown out of the sky and stuff in the Last Jedi. All right, I have a random question. <laughs> you know how yeah. Ray um, is, you know, she communicates really well with droids. Do you think it's a possibility that she kind of like senses what the Falcon wants to tell her, or is that too weird? Um, or does that, is that not relevant to this conversation? Uh, I don't know. Because since the Falcon is like part droid now, or has always been, you know, we don't know, right? Is there a language there? Well, I don't know if ne- if she would necessarily get anything like a sense like that per se, but maybe, you know, the Falcon, <laughs> you know, with these AIs that are put into it, it certainly has um, some sort of will, it would seem, yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of big, isn't it? It's huge. It- I don't know. I mean, could possibly choose to mess up stuff and have some sort of volition mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know in what it does or doesn't accomplish i guess remember when she was she fixed something and and han looked at her and said huh like he was surprised and then she kind of was surprised also right as and if then, he as if she yeah. understood and then immediately Ben's like wow you, have you ever flown this before and she's like no i don't know what i did you know yeah. it was yeah i think i mean I, I love thinking, like, maybe the Falcon, I don't know, maybe helped her. Like, L3 helped her or something, but I don't know if that's too yeah. much or a stretch. Well, I mean, in any case, it offered some parallels to The Force Awakens, even just for the characters. Like, Han went through this sort of thing uh, on the ship, and it, it left, you know, his circumstances, and Ray is sort of in the same situation. It, it was really interesting. Just there, there's a lot of little details there. I don't know how much there is of a connection between some of the lines they had in Han Solo. Yeah, and, and I guess that would be something though. we can talk about, you know, with Sam. And yeah, we'll we'll probably dig more into that into the other video. But there were definitely some parallels to the other films that could be drawn. So, okay. but that said, um, we'll move on here to uh, our closing uh, topic for the speculation segment of the podcast. Um, Todd, we wanted to go over the post of the week. Uh, do you want to go over that? Uh, yes. So this week's post of the week is, is titled An Alternative to the Kiss of Life Theory by the Bendu in the Middle on Reddit. So uh, this theory is that instead of a, a life kiss with uh, Ray or Ben, the back to life. We have this theory, which is that uh, Rey will sacrifice herself for Kylo, or Ben, sometime during the final fight against the First Order, and Ben will be able to use the Force to save her from death, which is what his grandfather Anakin was trying to do, and uh, to finish what he started. Just an interesting theory for uh, tying things together. Yeah, I really like that post. Um, I think, you know, we have Disney taking over Star Wars, so it's kind of like, well, what are they going to, how are they going to tie this bow together? Um, is it going to be in usual Disney fashion? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to get, you know, some subversion of that, 
uh, of that. I think in this, they say, I mean, basically we have two sides, right? I think we all kind of see some sort of, I mean, again, I don't want to speak for anybody. There certainly is the camp of speculators, right? Where uh, Kylo is going to be redeemed and definitely can see the other side where he's irredeemable at this point. Um, with that said, if we do end up going the fairy tale story route for this, right, Disney style, then we'd imagine some kind of redemption for the character um, in some way, shape, or form. So either we have Ray saved by Ben or Ben saved by Ray, and um, you know, it's a it's, it, it's a toss up. I don't know how, how. What do you guys think? Disney story, fairy tale ending, or no? No, definitely yes. Um... It depends on what you mean by Disney, though. I think Disney also has evolved, thank God, you know, from the usual Prince Charming and Princess perfect ending. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, definitely some more adult thing. I mean, we're in a different time, you know? Yeah. It's it's a different time. I... Um. Todd, what what are you feeling, man? Do you do you think episode nine ends on uh, on a high note or on a? Because I I mean we even had it in Return or yeah Return of the Jedi, that movie sort of ended on or hey your fairy tale ending everybody's sort of hugging happy you know hugging and happy and do you think we get something like that at the end of nine? Uh, I think we probably will, although anything can happen at this point. So I'm feeling. It will be a happy ending, because I don't think if we can have the whole Skywalker story end in tragedy again. Probably be a little too There's just been so much tragedy already, you know. Come yeah. on, there has to be some sort of happy ending, I, and I'm not talking about just like a bittersweet type of happy ending. Mm-hmm. It needs to be something glorious. Yeah. I think. I mean, not that. Not that. No, anyone deserves it like we deserve it or anything it's just the story does um, and it's about hope so it has to end on a hopeful note because it's for kids you know why would we want to go you know all Game of Thrones on Star Wars or something you know or or too like yeah. or too maybe too sweet on Star Wars too you know yeah yeah I mean I'm I'm in the camp that says you know I don't think there is going to be sort of that final that final happily ever after sort of ending um i think even if you apply it to sort of the old disney stories or cartoons right um i wasn't ever sort of worried about what happened to the characters after their stories because they always sort of ended on such a such a happy note now with star wars when we had return of the jedi we had the old eu books and stuff like that um and i i think we will get more sort of forward media like where the the canon timeline keeps moving forwards. Oh, for sure. Um, so, I mean, maybe we get, you know, a happy sort of uh, sort of ending for our main characters here, but conflict sort of continues or definitely needs to continue everywhere else. So, um, but as far as, uh, as that applies to the kiss of life theory. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting post. I, I'm glad somebody wrote that, though. That was a good post. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it dark... Mm-hmm. We need, yeah, dark side and the light side will evidently need to come to some sort of balance, and what that looks like is is definitely going to be interesting. Complicated. <laughs> but simple, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think even just kind of looking back at the post, um, love being the thing that would bring light and dark together. Um, having the line, I think <laughs> one of our posters here mentioned something about uh, love can't save you, Padme. Someone mentions the love can't save you, Padme line from uh, Revenge of the Sith and how ironic or you know how much more tragic that would be if... Uh, you know, they were to kind of, that was the note that this one ended on was, yes, in fact, love can be the uh, the saving factor. Although I don't know what that looks like. We haven't seen force heal or anything like that. I don't know if that's the kind of direction or what kind of crazy powers. What does love do well, when it comes to the force? What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, in terms of, you know, Kylo can care for Rey and Rey can care for Kylo, but how does that manifest in the story to take them forward? Well, they just need to forgive one another, no? Yeah, but them, but them forgiving each other, what does that do to the galaxy? Like, are they still going to be... Uh, would people agree with them? Yeah, because I think like, they would are, are, set the example. I don't know. Or would they be ostracized, or, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't think know. so. Um, a lot of people have suffered already and have lost everything already, so... Uh, I mean, I saw I saw an interesting post again going back to whether or not Kylo gets a sort of redemption uh, that was related to Darth Vader, and sort of the idea that although he did get a um, what would you say he was he was redeemed spiritually, but he wasn't redeemed sort of in the eyes of the galaxy. So you know even. To the main players like Luke, Luke saw this turn in this in this character, um, and you know he saw the atonement at least spiritually for what he did, and uh, and I like to imagine yeah Darth Vader would have you know atoned for his crimes after the end of Return of the Jedi when he was like you know what I am a bad guy and he throws the Empire down the shaft. I think he would have turned himself into the law there, um, but kind of applying that to Kylo, it's like you know does he um get his spiritual redemption and sort of redemption in the eyes of the galaxy or is it just going to be you know he goes ronin and sure ray thinks it's cool um you're you know what he's done or what he's had to go through and uh, but no one else does or you know how does that play out so i don't know how fairy tale that goes but but yeah i, th- I think there's definitely i don't think I mean, it's going to be well, as fairy tale as return of the jedi like i Okay, so, yeah, hope is even greater than love, I think, sometimes. Because love, you really can't see most of the time, you know? But hope, you're kind of like, you don't need any any eyes or vision to see it. You just, you know it's there somehow, right? Does that make sense? But, um, yeah, no, really good post here. Um definitely some to speculate on i think it was the second uh, highest post for the week so thank you for that uh bendu uh, <laughs> um so moving on to the community section um just wanted to mention that we will have a book club uh video releasing here later on the, in the week where some of the uh, podcast members go over some of the books that have been releasing so i think they went over the last shot um, for the Han Solo film, and have obviously, you know, have, they, have some, they have some good things to say about it. And it, uh, I think, Todd, you read that one, right? Um, 
yeah, good good book. It ties into the movie, of course, uh, and uh, so good stuff there. Um, Todd will be on that episode, and uh, we also have, uh, just as a reminder, that other video coming up with some more in-depth speculation on the Solo movie as well. If you'd like to submit questions and speculation suggestions, please go to uh, Reddit Kesselfun. Uh, feel free to drop us a line there. Um, there is also a Q&A uh, submission thread there uh, for the podcast team as well as a speculation and topic submission thread. Um, keep an eye out for the Finding Camino thread on the Star Wars Speculation subreddit. And uh, Todd, if you want to go over where the listeners can find us. If you'd like to find us in a galaxy far, far away, aka the internet, you can find us on Reddit, our Kesselfun, Twitter at Kesselfun, YouTube Kesselfun Podcast, SoundCloud Kesselfun Podcast. We're also available on PocketCast and iTunes as Kesselfun Podcast. See you around, kid. <laughs>